With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Five Rings Podcast with Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramay on the Sports Podcasting Network. Follow us and listen to us live on Twitter at Five Rings Podcast and like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Sports Podcasting Network for more content. Good day, good night, welcome to the Fabrics Podcast. I'm Kev Laramie, joined by Dwayne Rollins, as always, a podcast exclusive today. Thank you for joining us on our podcast feed. Thank you for subscribing. It's a pleasure to talk to you today. We're going to have a wonderful show looking at our favorite moment of day 12. Day 12 already, Dwayne, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I think that if you, most of our listeners know that we're Canadians, so you're going to know probably what our favorite moment of this day was. Uh, uh, Canadian winning um, one of the most prominent events at the Olympics. Uh, the 200 meters are, are, aren't quite the 100s in the world's eyes, but they are certainly a, a main event. And um, we got one. So we'll talk about that later. I'm sure you'll understand where we place that, and, and it is a fun moment for us. Today. So Dwayne just gave away the ending of the movie. So thanks no, for listening, well, and to, we'll be right back. A little together. We'll be back tomorrow on the Five Rings Podcast. But no, let's let's start by just talking about a, a not, something else that caught my attention yesterday before we dive into the medals, Dwayne. The women's 400-meter hurdle, a new world record for Sydney McLaughlin, 51.46, but not even six seconds slower than the Norwegian's new world record, but a new world record again at the track and field. This track is fast. The hurdles are, I don't know if they're easier to jump. It's always the same height, but that track and the speed makes up for some great moments. And McLaughlin of the United States got a new world record, and it was a fun race to watch last night. Yeah, I think the the speeds, the, the, the race times are... Uh, at least partly to do with the weather as well. Uh, sprinters really like it hot because it loosens their muscles up and allows them to open up in a way that they can't sometimes when it's a little bit colder or they, they run the risk of pulling things. So so it is helpful in, in the, the sprint races to play in this hot weather. Now, that, that cost-benefit quickly starts going downhill, so this is still too hot, but nonetheless... Uh, <laughs> 800 meters, they hate it. Like, 400 is on the cusp. 800, no, they're dying at the end of that race. Yeah, this is this, this fine lines, right? Um, yeah, it it 
Yeah, yeah. Continue, Kevin. I, I've I've run out of things because I've been <laughs> up for forty of the last forty eight hours. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about, of course, some more amazing moments. And yeah, another Canadian did well doing on, on day twelve. It was the first day of the decathlon and heptathlon, and I do like the fact that they're putting it at the same time. It's not two days the men and then two days of the women. It's all together at the same time, competing and giving importance to both. And you follow both during the track and field session show or you can watch them individually and i did enjoy watching the decathlon two canadians performing really well on the men's side after the first day damien warner with a 4722 point collection so far after day one after the first five events we have australian ashley maloney second with 4641 points and we have pierce lepage canadian wrapping up the podium spots after day one with 4521 points personal best for pierce lepage so far after day one seasonal best for damien warner on multiple events on top of the 400 and also a pace that would see him over 9,000 which would be a top three point tally in the history of the sport yeah there's a couple big events on day two for for Warner I hesitate putting a half done to Castellan into a medals on our tables here but but certainly uh, certainly, this would have consideration for Poutine in most days. Anyway, it was, it was a remarkable day for both of them, and to be one-two in in an event that is maybe not as popular as it once was, but still is a marquee event in not just the track meet but the entire Olympics is is quite remarkable. Um, yeah, the pole vault and the javelin—that's your key. If Warner comes out of those events uh, with any sort of anything closer than or anything close to his, his PB, then then you're certainly looking at, at what might be a fairly easy run to the... He's not a great 1,500, but he's an okay 1,500 runner. So, like, they would, he, they'd have to be within 100 points or so of him by the time you get into the javelin, and then you can turn it around, because javelin is, is where he really struggles. Yeah. But, and um, all the, uh, the contenders are falling like flies, <laughs> literally. We call uh, the German, who was uh, surprising and did well in the World Championship in Doha, now finds himself with an injury pulling up into 400, which was the last event of day one. You've seen other contenders like the Frenchman Maillard struggle all Almost all events. He did one good event so far in day number five, and he's in, in trouble heading into day number two. And he was one of the closest competitor to Damien Warner for a medal. Pierce Lepage, well, he's been dubbed the understudy of Damien Warner, also performing really well. The track really is smiling to Canadians over the last 48 hours. Yeah, uh, yeah, it has been. It's a remarkable time on the track for 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 Canadians. And and look, full measure to the the steeplechase to the to all the Canadian athletes that ran off yesterday, even if they weren't close to a medal, they, they were in some very very fast conditions. And and they we've seen the national record fall, I think, about six times in this meet already. Yeah. They're still running to come. And you mentioned the steeplechase. Geneviève Lalonde finished in the 11th position in the final of the steeplechase. She was the first ever Canadian woman to make it to the final of the steeplechase, which is not a small feat at all. All right. Enough banter. Let's get into the medal talk. Let's start with the lumber. 
Let's start with the wood. And my wood, Dwayne, it's a bit of a funny one today. Uh, there was an article about it on the National Post here in Canada. And it's also kind of interesting that no one thought about this when they were building it. Talking about equestrian and the obstacle course. There's always decorations next to the actual barriers, right? And yeah. it always represents countries. London, it was amazing. You had like the landmarks of the city. It's always something nice. But you know, this time around, Dwayne, they put a sumo wrestler that's kind of like a big, big sumo wrestler that's there. And his bum is facing where the horse has got to jump. And the horses are kind of spooked by it. And they, they kind of stop. And we've seen more mistakes on that barrier than any other one. And there's complaints from the riders that their horse are spooked by the big spooky sumo. Yeah, I mean, this is a bit humorous. But at the same time, if, if you are an equestrian... Um athlete uh you uh would would probably be a little bit peeved off it uh, this is not a country with a great uh sumo history or not sumo they have a great sumo history with not a great horse equestrian history and uh you know it's not necessarily a sport that is played there but you know or, or a sport that's accessible just to the average people not a lot of people come out of the you know the, the ghettos to to ride a horse and jump the bears <laughs> with it but, you know, oh, there, there's no rags to riches in the equestrian world is that what you're saying there's riches to richers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's riches to poor because it costs so much to have the horse. But yeah. it is interesting, though. Uh, Canini is doing well in the, the first day of that competition, regardless. But, yeah, that could be an issue. We'll see if the sumo survives the entirety of the competition. Yeah. Look, it's... I will say this about the Japanese, considering everything that's been going on in this... Um, there have not been a lot of glitches that have not been at least partly related to the weather, if not entirely related to the weather. I mean, you know, they had some problems at the rowing venue, um, which I just, where else were they going to have it? This was the only logical place for it. They did a beautiful job making that place, which will have an ecological return to the country, as we said earlier on. Well, it was our very first of the day, our first show, the, the entire Olympics, we pointed that out. So, look, they've done a good job. It's that in any Olympics, even taking the COVID out of it, put COVID in it, they've done a remarkable job. So that's, let's give them, um, even I, as though I'm awarding a mud, mud medal to them right now, or not mud medal and the wood medal. Um, <laughs> I'm also telling them that they have done a wonderful job. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's, uh, fascinating. And, uh, I kind of thought it was a funny article and my wife did too. All right, let's move on to the poutine medal, which goes to Laurence Vincent Lapointe, a Canadian sprint canoeer. She competed and she is competing in the 200 meters C1 at the Olympic Games. First time the women are eligible to be in the sea canoe, which was about damn time. She is a legend in this sport. She's a world champion in 2010, 2011, 2011, 2013. 13, all different uh, distances, right? She has over 10 world championship, Pan Am champion, world U23 champion in 2013. She has a whole lot of great accomplishment on the water. Off the water, she was one of the pioneers of this sport trying to get it to the Olympics and also has been, unfortunately, in the court system because she tested positive for a banned substance, legandrol, and she 
for, for very minute traces she had in her body and they denied taking it. So they started a whole search of how did they found these very minute traces in their system and where did they come from? They looked at all the food that she ingested, look at all the supplement they had enough of left the, of the supplement she, she takes. They checked everything and they couldn't. They just start to do more research and they realized that, well, in exchange of body fluids, you can't find minute traces. And they were able to take her hair and see where in her timeline that, uh, contamination happened and they were able to find a hair of her ex-boyfriend at that point and they looked at it and they saw that yes there was consumptions of legendrol and they could see that a third party bodily fluid contamination was the culprit of why she tested positive and she was given uh well it was uh, uh taken away because it wasn't uh Exactly. So it wasn't her uh, her fault that it wasn't her body. And well, she got cleared and she's able to participate in the Olympics. It's It's a great story at the end, but it's also an advance of science in a way that it's a clear case of being contaminated by bodily fluids of your partner that might contain doping products. Yeah, false positive. I said not false. I said false negative earlier. It was false positive, obviously. Um, yeah, that that's a part of the story, and it's a part of the battle that she's had to go through through multiple cycles that should have been Olympic. Like, how in hell did they take this long? Like, God, the governing body, and there's a bunch of old, dumb men somewhere that, well, I don't know whether the ladies, uh, or and then eventually, you know, the ladies go out at a world championship level, and they prove that. You know, they're not dying on the boat because that's what the condescending reason why they would have held them back in the first place. And then they'd be, well, I don't know. There's not enough competitive athletes out there. We need more time. Well, you know, you had, what, 2,000 and well, what, 3,000 years of human history. We've, we've had enough time. Just just make it equal. And they have. Uh, so good. It's better late than ever. So uh, I think that it was worth pointing around. And look. We might be talking about her again because uh, in the 200, which she is at the point in her life for her cycle as an athlete now that, that the, the shortest distance, she's a very powerful athlete, is probably what still gives her her best chance. And if you looked at the at the opening heats and the way that the kayak and canoe races work is that there's normally a, like a preliminary heat. And the top two from those heats advance straight to the semifinals, yeah. and then the rest go through a repechage to yeah the quarters. The rest go to the quarters, and then yeah. go. so you have one more race if you don't finish top two of the preliminary round. You have one more race to do to get to that semifinal, which means you'll be a bit more a bit more tired. You'll have exerted yeah. a bit more energy, which is the benefit of Laurence Vincent La Pointe of doing so. Same thing for the other Canadian, Katie Vincent. Yeah, they both won their their prelims. So, oh, and by the way, Laurence Vincent Lapointe won by an entire length of a canoe. Yeah, and, and look, that's that's what I'm saying. They are absolutely in with a shout to it. At the very least, to be at a final. And after the journey that she's this athlete's gone through, both on that that false drugging drug case and just having to fight with a bunch of old dumb men somewhere to just be able to prove that she belongs in the highest level of sport, and she showed it. 
after all that shooting out and a lot of athletes that do that and have to do all that fight by the time they get there they're it's past like these these women yeah. that go into these uh competitions where there is no olympic option for them like uh, female Olympians that go into sports and have a high profile at the Olympics still struggle to parlay that into anything real. Could you imagine being a Canadian Olympic athlete that doesn't even have access to the only podium fundings or the can fund fundings? They're not eligible for them because they don't have. Because it's uh, not Olympic sports. Medals. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a world championship sports. Well, well, that has changed and it is positive. And another example of uh, an athlete pushing the laws and the equity here for women in the sports is Mandy Bijou, who's a boxer who lost her first fight in this tournament badly, unfortunately. But because she was a mother, she missed the nationals. She missed her chance to get there. And eventually she won and she got the opportunity to compete. And she advances on the rights for women athlete. And that's in the, but you're right. When you get to the, the match in this one, the boxing match, Sometimes you exerted all your energy in the courtroom, and uh, that's another uh, it's another example. But here, Laurence Vincent Lapointe dominated her first heat. She did, and the, the I, I suspect we will see at least one medal um, on the on the water in the in the weekend ahead. So that's fun. Yeah, exactly. We'll uh, take a short break. When we come back, it's bronze, silver, and gold medal time. Back on the Firing Podcast, Kev Laramie with Dwayne Rollins talking about day 12 of the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. Day 12 already. It's bronze medal time. And this bronze medal, Dwayne, involves skateboarding, a great competition, and the bowl. It's called the park. Park competition, women's park competition, with two Japanese dominating it with Sky Brown. A multi-platform superstar at 13 years old, finishing on the third step of that podium. Okamoto got so close, but oh no, fell on her last try of a 540 in her run. But quite an amazing competition. It was compelling. It was really fun to see. And the format of it makes it that, you know what? The last rider on her last attempt... If she landed that last trick, she would have won gold. There was an amazing competition. Reminded me of my younger days watching the X game on ESPN. And, well, yeah, that is because it basically is the X games on ESPN. And, you know, the, the youth and hair of the earth is basically what that was so painfully telling those of us that have been around a long time. I, I can only imagine what a guy like Tony Hawk is, is thinking when he's sitting there watching. And Tony Hawk was there very to his credit. And aside, there, there's a biography on Tony Hawk coming out in the next few months, and I will be watching that in the first night I can uh, because he's a fascinating character. Is there a cooler Gen X guy alive? 
I don't think so. Say anyone above the age of what would you have to be forty five and all over <laughs> your Gen X now? So yeah, and, but he's so cool for so many different generations. Because in the eighties, because he was a pioneer of skateboard, and then in the nineties, because of Tony Hawk Pro Skater on the PlayStation, which revolutionized the world of of gaming, and, and then since then it just just grew. Absolutely, absolutely. Tony Hawk Pro Gaming is more like I can only speak from my Canadian perspective here in North America but it is to me has to be at least the number one two or I would say one or two most influential video games on the culture uh, in general that there's ever been because I think the sports video games tend to have a bigger impact because they are more closely aligned with real life than than the fantasy ones. I mean, that's not to take anything away from. And I'm not a gamer per se, but that's not to take any way anything away from the great uh, games that have been created there. But those are fantasy situations where sports is like more of a stimulation, and that's something that uh, that Tony Hawk deserves a lot of credit for for being the uh, creative power behind that. And and we're talking a lot about Tony Hawk right now. Uh, what if? 50-year-old man when we should be talking. About 13-year-old women. Uh, But, you know, uh, this competition, of course, we're giving the bronze medal to the entire competition of the Women's Skateboard Park event. Yosozumi, the Japanese, finished first with 60.09 points. The only one to go over 60 points. Hiraki was second with 59.04. And Sky Brown finished third with 56 and 47 a great performance and to me this shows that the sport deserves to be there it was compelling it's a different generation looking at it but it's also different energy the amount of camaraderie there was in this competition it it was like a good moment it was wholesome to watch it almost made me cry i yeah i also watched sports climbing last night and if you haven't had a chance to check it out, it's a, it's also awesome in its own different way. And one of the commonalities between those two sports is how they are collective almost in a way. Like, yeah, there's a competitive element to it. I mean, in the sports case, there's literally in the name. But it's still to the athletes because they've, they've not grown up chasing Olympic glory. They've grown up doing something they love. And that's something they love has been put in the Olympics. And now they have a chance to just go out and let her rip and have some fun. And in both cases, I, I saw a German climber yesterday, you know, he fell off and he's trying to get to something and he tried this big move and he, he had it, had it, had it and fell. And like, you know, rather than slamming and throwing, rather than, you know, Nick Djokovic. <laughs> You're right. Rather than because there's no conservative aspect. They're going for broke to the detriment of their result. Maybe, you would, they would have like Okamoto would have been on the podium if you had not tried something that she was not even able to do in practice. But you know what? It's about the show. Go for bro. Go all in or don't go at all. It's a different mentality. It's not like saving your uh, your energy to make sure you finish third on the competition, right? It's not. They go all in for gold, regardless. Yeah, to a certain safe level. I mean, obviously, you have to keep your own mental health and, and physical health in mind. Uh, although, with the people that are drawn to these types of sports, what their idea of safety and mental health might be a little different than the rest of us. But yeah, they, it, it's just fun, and they're laughing. They laugh because they're having fun and they're trying things. And 
the American Skylar, or what's the last name? Skylar's first name. It, she took a ukulele out there at one point, which is well, she's uh, from Great Britain. So uh, Sky Brown she finished her third bronze medal. She's a ukulele artist. She's an Instagram yeah, yeah. superstar from Great Britain. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm I'm mixing my teenage girls up, I guess. But <laughs> the point is, they and they're all friends. Clearly, like it's it's, and that's the other part of skateboarding culture that's there is. It, it is a cooperative sport in a lot of ways. So to find that balance that also allows them to, to have a competitive outlet that allows them to demonstrate and be part of the world's view, uh, consciousness every four years, I think is important for the sport. And I think that's why if we could go back to our 50 year old dude for a while, it's why ambassadors to the sport, a sport that's been counterculture for its entire history there's, you know, famously, there's a T-shirt that some people have sought out that's, you know, skateboarding is a crime, not an Olympic sport, meaning that we're not we're not the same as them. We're not selling jocks, basically. Like, we're doing something that's incredibly athletic, but we're doing it on our terms. And I, I think that skateboarding has found a way to get into the Olympics so that it can be part of the global conversation in a way that's never had been before, while also not giving up a part of his soul to it. And that's, and that's incredible. That's, and that event yesterday proved what it can be to the Olympics. And I bet that the, they were fun, fun AF as the kids say to watch. <laughs> I'm guessing that you can crank that up about 20 times when the people are going 10 feet higher tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well uh, that should be another great competition. Let's move on to the silver medal for day 12. Silver medal, a competition that might be quirky, but, you know, it's still very interesting. Talking about steeplechase, the final on the women's side, and we saw quite a compelling co competition here. Canadian finished 11, the first time Canadian made the final, like I was saying earlier. Uganda, Chemutai finished first uh, with 9 minutes, 1 second, and 45 one hundredth. It's pretty quick to run 3 kilometers with obstacles like Big Hurdles, other racers, uh, Big Dip, and of course, water, water tanks. And look, it was a remarkable tactical race by an incredible athlete. Uh, also full credit to the silver medalist who, who knew that the only way to win that race would be to push it as hard as they could to hopefully drop it. And they did just that. Uh, but the Ugandan just had the speed and the power and the, and the ability to, to continue and hold to their race plan and, and power through. And again, this track is fast. And I mentioned how it might not be as fast for those longer runs, uh, for those mid runs, but you know, the steeplechase, which is, kind of the weird the, the weirdest distance out there at 3000 doesn't exist anywhere else but uh it's she she proved that it can be fun and fast in that level too and you know the canadian in that as well finishes a national record here another national record for the Canadian track meet in this in this event again showing you how fast things are and that's we didn't know what that extra year was going to do and we saw it in the pool with a lot of older athletes struggling um but in the track it seems like these athletes have tapered a little bit better for this. Maybe that's because they generally would have been preparing for a world championship this year. And that's been screwed up their, their timing on that. So but they just have normally kind of kept in that same routine where they're normally cycled. Their cycles are slightly different is what I'm saying. And their world championships is more important than the track side to the, to them than the world championships, I think, on the aquatic side is to them. 
it's not that it's not important, but aquatics is weird because the guys are indoor events and the NCAA are big and right. There's more competition going on. Um, so yeah, it was a good race and it was a fun race this morning. It was a great appetizer for, for the race that we care about a little <laughs> bit more. Yeah, and of course, uh, Ki Yang of Kenya finished third for the bronze medal in the American. Freericks finished second. She was really happy. And uh, the Kenyan was really closing that gap, but she was able to hold on for that silver medal. The Kenyan should have just started her spread a little earlier. Maybe would have got that silver. But it was a great competition. And our silver medal for day number 12 goes to... This steeplechase competition, 3,000 meters, the woman, and it was a fascinating time. Now, it's time to talk about our favorite moment for day 12, our gold medal, a moment that is historical in Canada, and a gold medal for Andre de Grasse, 200 meters, he finished first. He no, no one on the entirety of this planet has a longer speed sustainability than Andre Grass. And imagine this, Dwayne. This time in the 200 meters, 10.62 is faster than Usain Bolt's gold medal time in Rio. So that's something that you can uh, put in your pipe and smoke it. He would have piped Usain Bolt, but this is Andre de Grasse in 2021. Double medalist in Tokyo after bronze in the 100 meters. He gets the gold in the 200. Yeah, that time is incredible. Um, the world record, there there are legitimate conversations going on amongst people that know what they're talking about, of whether Bolt has, has laid a marker down in the 200 that can literally never be touched by human capabilities. We'll see. I mean, whenever we thought that in the past, it's, it's eventually fallen. But th- that said, we do have world records out there that are... For various reasons, very old. So yeah, that that might be one. But that to get even as close as he just did today, and to actually put a time down that, that would have beaten Bolt in an Olympics, just tells you how how good and how how well Degrasse prepared for this. Um, and his improvements, even to like I have a bit of an eye for track because I did run it when I was very young, but I wouldn't call myself anything more than sort of an informed, an informed uh, fan, right? Uh, but you can look at his form from six years ago and look at his form from today, and it's night and day. He used to have a very distinct running style where the left side of his body, it, it would move sideways on his stride. And it is incredibly difficult to train your natural running movement out of you because you just have learned however in your life to run a certain way. It's like changing your accent. It can, you, it can be done, but it's going to take a lot of sustained exposure to the way that you want to do it or need to do it or or have been evolved into doing it by based on your circumstances and and he has done he's put the work in uh there's no sideways no lateral movement at all in his stride now which is the only thing that was holding him back in the past because you just lose you lose time when you're not when all a sprinter's energy needs to always go forward every single hair on your body needs to be moving forward Six years ago, Andre DeGrasse had 95% of his body moving forward and 5% of his body moving slightly sideways, and that 5% was the, was the difference, yet he was still able to break through and beat, you know, a double gold medalist here at TO 2015. Obviously, he managed to get uh, medals in, uh, in the Olympics prior and the Olympics after, so this is this is a guy that's, that has, he's a he's an ice-cold competitor when it comes to the finals. He's always got a big smile and a big laugh going on. Yep. 
but under that demeanor is is a competitor that always finds a way to get to finals and get medals. Nine he, finals, nine finals in his career in world championships and Olympics so far, Dwayne. Nine medals. That that's that that's efficiency. Yeah, absolutely, and again, that calmness too is impressive. And he saw them in 102. I thought he had a chance at the 100. I guess he was a bronze medalist, so he did have a chance at the 100. But I, I do wonder whether Andre's ever going to have a, the top, top end speed to be able to compete. And that's just because his body's type's not what you typically associate with that run. Um, he would have to completely change his, his training. And I don't think there's enough time in three years rather than four to do that. But I do think that if he put the focus on the 400, that he might have a better chance to do that double than he ever would to do the one, the one, two double. Um, but he does have a chance to do another double, and that is in the four by one. Um, yeah, because he's the anchor leg, and you have uh, also Aaron Brown who finished sixth in this final, who's going to set the table for for Andre de Grasse in that relay. And Canada has a shot; they did finish on the podium in Rio, and uh, it's maybe one of the favorites to finish on the podium here in Tokyo, also. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Americans are pretty clearly the favorite to win the four by one, and the, yeah. well, sorry, the Jamaicans are the Americans. It's a, it's kind of like a swimming thing where the Canada is looking for bronze there. But it's funny how the Jamaicans have disappeared though all the way to the final. Only Dwyer and even Dwyer wasn't anywhere close when it came down to the finishing line. So I don't know. We'll see about the Jamaicans, but yeah, usually they are there. But yeah, this the, year the maybe Americans uh, have been, though. yeah, the <laughs> yeah, Americans, was, yeah. That's an American sweep tonight. If it's not for the if we're under the ground, so. exactly. You do have uh, three very good competitors in uh, Knighton, Bednarik, and of course Noah Lyles. Absolutely, and and I would put them as you know, unless the Americans drop the baton, which is always possible. Uh, that is absolutely absolutely the case. When it comes to Canada's four by one, um, they do have this. You know, in future times, they do have sort of a, a an ace in their back pocket, and and that would be. They've got another 10-1 sprinter on the track. He's in the decathlon, though, so he's busy. So yeah. I don't know. They could they could potentially, if there was an injury or something, pull him in as well. And then we're talking about David Warner. Yeah, as well. It's, it's not yeah. going to happen, but yes, technically that's always a... Yeah, well, yeah, they could name him. There's no doubt. Like, it's just he's so already... Fo- he's got to focus on his event. Uh, but he absolutely, if they needed an emergency situation, they could pull him in because he he's faster than some of the guys. That, well, well, he's absolutely faster than their fourth guy who ran, I think, a 10-4. So, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, look, there's, there's potential there. And I think to this end, and maybe it's – I saw this with Donovan Bailey too because I'm just old enough to really kind of remember Ben Johnson in, um, in a concrete way and the reaction and the then betrayal. Uh, perhaps in hindsight, a betrayal that was a little over the top. That we felt the betrayal. I mean, not on that end. Uh, after the the drug came back, test came back positive. All that sort of I think made Canadians reluctant to buy in completely to the sprinter uh, when they emerge. But I they wonder whether he's gonna get more attention. You know, it's not that he gets none. But it's nowhere near what either one of the, the two Canadians prior did. And both of those two Canadians prior could make a strong argument that they weren't getting enough attention home, home as that they deserved even. And most of their, their money and their influence and their fame came from overseas. Uh, I just think Andre de Grasse, because of the eerie he grew up in and, and just his personality and the lack of opportunities in this country that he's coming out of in terms of being a, a track-only person, has just never got the full respect that he deserves. And now he's an Olympic champion, so... 
doesn't matter what happens from here. He will always have that as a title. He will always be an Olympian. He will always be an Olympian that won a championship that got that laurel and that, and you know, the laurel yeah. in the form of the of the gold medal. And so, we'll see Andre de Grasse compete once again tonight, 8 p.m. Men's and women's also four by 100. The heats start so we'll keep a close attention on that competition we'll also keep a close attention on the rest of the activities in tokyo day 13 upon us later tonight but until then you can follow Dwayne on social media at 24th minute myself at kev laramay and this show at five rings podcast we'll be back live tomorrow with a, a video show on top of this very beautiful podcast thank you for your listening and until then have a great olympiad